You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation, and welcome to your daily Miami Heat podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the only podcast that breaks down every game, news item, rumor, and more. Thank you for subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or on Himalaya. My name is David Rommel, and with the season set to start in just a few days, I thought we would have friend of the show, Dave DeFore of The Athletic, star of The Athletic's podcasting system. I don't know exactly how to, you, you seem like you're part of so many different podcasts there. How would you qualify your title I mean, of The Athletic? I think superstar is accurate. Okay. You know, uh, okay. superstar. Let, let's just start at superstar, you know. And and see what happens. Like, are you like <laughs> the center of the podcasting universe at the Athletic? I I, um, I think that's fair. Yeah, like like the uh, I'm the Tony Stark of oh. <laughs> Athletic podcasting. I guess. Okay, well that's good. All right. <laughs> uh, I could always I'm use kidding. some eccentric billionaires in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, it, so Zach Harper and I, I, I think we do a lot of the heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, but, but it's a it's a full team effort, man. Like we're we're blowing out a lot of stuff, and uh, I'm I'm excited about what we have going on this season. We've got a lot of really good people, uh, as everyone knows. Um, so I'm just kind of happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and we're happy that you're a part of this show, at least for one day. Uh, you know, always great to talk to you. You're one of the more knowledgeable folks on basketball Twitter. And I think and that might seem like a, an understatement, but I do appreciate the fact that you're always willing to share your opinion and to come on the podcast. I know you're a busy guy, so let's get right yeah, into it. Yeah, I'm even willing to share my opinion when I haven't watched a single preseason game. As as we talked about before the show, do you, do you have a policy against preseason in general? Not necessarily against the Heat, but in preseason yeah. games. I, I mean, I, I'm interested in seeing them up close, and, and and you know, I'll I'll dig in on some of the younger guys, but for the most part, man, no one's out there trying hard. Nobody's out there playing defense. I mean, and even like the rookies, you can see like they'll go hard for like half, you know, the game or whatever. Now the guys fighting for jobs, of course, they're going to go hard, but. You know, there's a reason they're fighting for jobs. So uh, you just can't put a lot of stock in it. I'll challenge that a little bit because on Thursday night in a preseason game between the Orlando Magic hosting the Miami Heat, there was actually some tension there and some really good defense on both teams. It got a little sloppy to the point where, I mean, guys are really challenging other opponents and, and forcing turnovers. Miami had like 15 turnovers in the first half. Tyler Hero, the rookie sensation, Got into a got into a, a verbal argument with Michael Carter Williams, and there were two technicals, and Carter Williams was actually ejected. So there's some intensity there. Yeah. No? Okay. You don't buy. I it? mean, I don't. I mean, I guess. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I did, I look, listen. I mean, I just first of all, basketball fights. We already know what they are, right? Sure. And, and so there's that. So I don't. I don't get too excited about those, even in the regular season. But you know, I, I think that. Uh, Tyler Tyler uh, probably has a little bit more like um, fire in him than Michael Carter Williams. I would say that's yeah, definitely the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's as good as a place to kind of jump into it as any. Uh, Tyler Hero, if you've seen anything from Heat Twitter over the last few days, especially since the start of the preseason, I mean, he started off the his first game against the San Antonio Spurs. I think he had 19 points. He had like several step back threes. He just he shows a flash that we haven't seen from this team, uh, well, in, in years. Uh, I think the version of Dwayne Wade that we've had over the last five seasons, you know, on and off between his stint in Chicago and Cleveland and whatnot, 
has not been this kind of electric, and you know there hasn't been a player of this kind of caliber. Maybe Dion had some moments here and there, but even that was ended by injury. You haven't seen Tyler here up close, but you've seen highlights of his, I presume. Yeah, and I and I actually, you know, I did my draft prep and, and sure. all that. The, here's the the one thing I'll push back on on all the the Tyler buzz, right? He's hitting a lot of tough shots. Yeah, it's hard to make a career out of that. Um. You know, I, I think Jamal that, Crawford has. Yeah. Yes, but like, how many other guys? Jamal Crawford, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, but he's seven feet tall, so it doesn't count. That helps, right? So, I, I would just—that's my pushback—is that he's like hot on tough shots, and so you know, I, I expect he's going to struggle. Like he he's is. a rookie; all rookies are bad for the most part. Um, but you know. I don't think I don't think he should be starting uh, once the regular season starts. Um, if you want to just get him extra reps in the in the preseason, that's great. But man, I would hate to be a team hoping to make the playoffs and hoping. I, I'm assuming that they're hoping to uh, to have home court advantage in the first round. They're not going to, but I'm I'm assuming they're hoping to. I, I couldn't imagine starting that guy wow, you, or a rookie you, in general. You, you've there's a lot to unpack there, and you're kind of just absolutely dissolving everything that Heat Twitter has been pinning their hopes oh, on. Oh, yeah, this is what weeks. I'm here for. I, okay. I'm only okay. here to pour water on... on uh, Vinegar you know. is what you're pouring, I sure. think. Sure. Hey, hold on. Now, let's not forget that I, I was very, very high on Josh Richardson you were. <laughs> before you were. anybody else. So, like, you know, let's just, hurts, just know no. I'm only being honest where I say all rookies are bad. And if you want to be good, starting a rookie is less than ideal. In particular, a one who uh, a rookie who looks so great because he's hitting all these tough shots. And there's, I mean, there, we've already seen the variance there from Hero. Just in four preseason games, uh, at the time of we're recording this, he's had one good game, one bad game, one good game, and then one not so good game. And then, you know, he's he's hasn't had that shot fall. Like, look, the dribbles there which I did not expect. We did not see that from him in his one year in Kentucky. The passing has been pretty good. He's... Well, I'm not surprised by that. You don't get to see much of guys in Kentucky. No, no, I yeah. know, I know. Hey, Bam Adebayo is another one of those cases where right. we had no idea what kind of player he was out of one year in Kentucky. But, hell, Carl Anthony Towns is another one like that. So, um, But from Tyler's perspective, you know, he's looked good. And I think, if anything, that Heat fans are kind of, again, optimistic about is that he does have – he's got balls. He's very confident. He's got a lot of poise for a 19-year-old, not just going against Michael Carter-Williams, although that's certainly something fun for fans to watch, but he just doesn't seem afraid or shy of the moment, which I think is as important as anything else, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, he, he's got some talent. He's going to have some bad games, without a doubt. But I think from a mental perspective, and maybe I'm overvaluing this, but his teammates all seem to speak very highly of his confidence, almost bordering on arrogance. As I say, it's clear that he's confident. Yeah. That that's not a concern at all, but it's just is he good, right? Like that's the biggest issue. I mean, it's just so hard to tell. So, you know, I would just say temper those expectations, and I, I would be worried about having him as a starter. I mean, he's not going to hit fifty percent on threes this season. It's yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, I didn't think so. I mean, I got a legitimate question asking me if he had a chance of eventually being an all star. I've seen some joke tweets about potential Hall of Fame odds. And again, even before Bradley Beal signed his extension, people were already saying, no way we'd include Tyler Hero for Bradley Beal. Oh, good grief. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's... Oh, man. 
Look, it's, it's I, all I, good <laughs> to get caught up in the excitement, but you, yeah. come on, Bradley Beal is really good. And yeah, I trade. I'd trade Pat Riley's dog. I'd put his dog in that trade. I whatever. Like, oh, how many boats do you guys want? Yeah. Can we trade you the arena? Yeah, yeah. To get Bradley Beal? Come on, man. I'd name a uh, one of Mickey Harrison's cruise liners after. Yeah. Yeah, the, how many the you need? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's kind of move on a little bit then. Uh, Tyler, obviously a work in progress, and, and we'll see how that pans out. But I think the other Kentucky grad or K- Kentucky alumni, Bam Adebayo, has a lot of people kind of, well, hoping for more. One, it's a case of addition by subtraction. No longer will we have to deal with Hassan Whiteside holding on the ball for too long. Bam has shown another level this preseason, things that we've seen in flashes over the course of his first two years. What do you expect of Bam and Abayo this season? Maybe you don't expect much. I, I, I think he needs to play the five. Um, I, don't, I don't love, I mean, you informed me that he's playing next to Myers Leonard. That's fine because Myers can, can space the floor. But I do think that Bam defensively is a five. And, and I love the idea of him being able to to grab and go on defensive rebounds because he can yeah. do that. We've seen that from him. Yeah. And and in particular, you know, get Jimmy Butler some easy baskets in transition. Get Justice Winslow some easy baskets in transition because you've got Bam Adebayo, you know, pushing the ball up the court, which he's able to do. And Myers just can't do that. So gives you a little bit more flexibility. Could increase their pace quite a bit, which is great. Um, and, and obviously, I think he's a, a superior defender to, to Myers Leonard. The, the fact that He's not going to get burned immediately on a switch. Is pretty huge. Um, no, I, I would say that he's actually competent at that point. And one of the things we've seen in the preseason is that he is kind of used as a, a rover a little bit, where he is because of his switchability, moving on from from player to player, and he does provide a lot of help for Myers when he gets caught flat-footed, especially out on the perimeter. Uh, you know, it's either Myers or Kelly Olynyk. Those seem like the likely options, and Olynyk and Adebayo. Had some pretty good plus-minus numbers last season. I think offensively, people, it's a monster. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot of people expected that to be the starting duo, but uh, Olenek obviously being hurt over the summer did not help. We saw him return to action on Thursday night against the Magic. He scored 14 points in 15 minutes, so he looks like he's pretty good, ready to go. Um, but Adebayo, one of the things that I've been most impressed with him this preseason, and I did not expect him to have such a huge leap, was his playmaking. His his passing has been otherworldly like I, I think he's averaging like two three assists for the preseason he just he looks good he looks like he's he's waiting not only is he pushing the, the ball up in transition like you mentioned but he's finding guys as they're cutting him and Myers and Kelly Olenek can all do that so as bigs there's some nice passing and playmaking ability yeah I mean that's huge I mean it's massive like the the, the difference between teams that are going to be competing for titles and teams that aren't are having playmakers at every position right or or at least at your major positions and sorry portland i i i'm high on portland but uh not with us on white side there man well i I don't know man damian lillard's a different guy i don't think you guys had that guy and so um but but yeah i i think i love bam and and olenic together um if myers can can actually shoot it then the offense will be fine um, I, I just don't think it's an ideal scenario at the other end. Um, but yeah, Bam's playmaking. I think we're going to, we're going to be shocked by what he can do with some freedom and, uh, and, and space to operate. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Coming up next, we'll get into some other predictions for the heat this season. We'll answer that next. You're listening to locked on heat. 
Manscaped is the number one option in men's below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off your order and free shipping when you enter the promo code Locked On at checkout, so make sure to visit manscaped.com today. All right, we're back with Dave DeFore answering some questions about what we can expect from the Heat this season. We've talked about Bam Adebayo. We talked about Tyler Hero. Let's get into Justice Winslow. Point Justice, as he's known around these here parts. Uh, obviously, he's had a pretty good preseason. Still kind of hotly debated, which I, I'm a little surprised at, uh, whether or not he should be the starting point guard. And I think that's because Goran is still on the roster. But if everybody recalls, Goran was practically out the door during the first week of July when Pat Riley had all but negotiated a deal to send Goran Dragic and Kelly Olenek to the Dallas Mavericks. And, of course, uh, the, the Mavericks pulled out of that deal at the very last second because they claimed they did not understand the parameters of said deal. And now Goran's back in the roster. Maybe his feelings are a little hurt, but he's handling it professionally. And, I, I mean, I always looked at that move as what was dictating his role on the team. He was never going to start, in my opinion, because I think if you're willing to trade your starter – you know, <laughs> that's that's a whole other issue there. I don't think they were ever they I don't think they ever saw Goran Dragic at 33 years of age, almost 34, coming back from injury where he missed almost 50 games last year. I don't think they ever saw him as a viable option to start. Um, how do you see the Justice Goran Dragic transition there? Because I think Goran's going to be coming off the bench as a six man and Justice looks pretty good in the preseason as a playmaker. Yeah, I think they know that they have to ride the Justice train, right? Like, yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah, they they have to put him in a position to succeed. We we got to see or Point fail. Justice, or right? Fail. But we we got to see Point Justice last year, and it looked pretty good. And again, this is another guy who can benefit from Bam Adebayo getting more time on the court. When you have a guy like Bam who can run the floor, you get a guy like Justice who can really push the basketball, and you can make stuff happen in transition. So uh, I, I do expect Justice to just you know ride the year out. As the starter, I don't think Goran is going to be on the team very long. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he's moved before the first of January. Mm. Yeah, I think he ha- he has some value, but not to Miami. He's just taking up a roster spot essentially. Yeah, um, I, I, I know Miami. The longer, they really, yeah, the longer ahead. they play him, no, I was wondering if the longer they play him, whether or not his value might actually decrease. I mean, he's an expiring for sure, right? But you know, last season or maybe even the year before that, you were definitely looking at him as a piece for a contender. He was a guy who was coming off an all-star year, whether that was earned or not. And I think yeah, a lot of people still see him as a viable offensive player, if nothing else. And now I don't know that that's the case anymore. So the longer you have him on this roster, the more you're playing him, the more his value may decrease to other teams. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's sometimes it's a, it's better to hide a guy. Also, make sure he's healthy. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, having working out with the team and 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 getting healthy, but to have those trade flyers out there, I think Orlando might be interested in a veteran point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you know, there's a lot of Chris Paul to Miami buzz, and and you know, it's just gonna be tough to do from a financial standpoint. Um, what's your What's your take on Kyle Lowry? I think that's a name that a lot of guys want to hear. Uh, I, a lot of. I think Toronto is. I mean, they're one of the four best teams in the East. I don't get why. Everyone's so down on him. This is a good basketball team. And I think Pascal Siakam's got room for growth. He does. OG Ananobi is healthy again. And uh, from all the reports I've heard, he looks great in camp and and in preseason. So um, 
yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to blow it up. In that market, man, you can't win a title and then just say, okay, everybody. You can't pull a Memphis, you know. They they need to stay good. And in particular because they're thinking about Giannis in 2021 and and mm-hmm. you if you look at their their cap sheet, they're going to be in really really good shape for that summer. Uh both Gasol and Ibaka are expiring this year. Now, uh Kyle Lowry under contract for another year makes him more appealing to a team that feels like they might have a two-year window. So he's a more attractive trade asset to me, but I don't think they're they're going to move him. Yeah, my, my feeling my gut is, on No, no, I, I I've got I've got a, a similar gut instinct about it and to me it's the opposite. It's uh, one of the things that's always fueled Toronto so much aside from the talent level they've always had even when they had DeRozan on the roster was they always had this chip on their shoulder, right? Because they always had to prove themselves because they were mm-hmm. from Canada or whatever. And, you know, they were this slow market team and nobody cared about them. We the North, look at us, look at us, please look at us. Um, and, and now they, they did the impossible. They had Kawhi, who just does not give zero Fs about anything. And he's the one who carried that team almost single-handedly, to be honest with you. Although they did get a boost from Siakam, they did get a boost from Gasol, etc. Kyle Lowry was fantastic. He in was. The like, I'm, I'm not. I'm not diminishing okay. his impact there. I just. I just feel like they kind of have like this buzz about them last year, and now all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, we can really appreciate. Like, if nothing else, they're world champions, and nobody can take that away from them. And I don't know that they have necessarily as much to prove as other teams do. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt. I would not be surprised at a letdown from them. How about that? Okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I can't know. argue against it. I, I, your, your reasoning is sound, um, but I do think that that is a really good basketball team that yes. that is going to come in motivated because they've been told all summer that they're bad without Kawhi. Ooh. See, I did and, not hear that. I have not seen that kind of talk. Oh about. yeah, I mean, listen, man. I don't know if you watch ESPN. I, I don't I watch a ton of television, but. Um, they've had multiple people, um, basketball analysts, saying that that team's going to miss the playoffs, and not with the caveat that they were going to blow it up, just that it's a it's going to miss the playoffs. I'm sorry, man, that's insulting, especially in the East. You're telling me that that team isn't going to win 35 games? No way. Yeah, yeah, I, I think a playoff spot is pretty much assured. Yeah. There are, there are other teams there that have a lot more questions about them than Toronto. Absolutely. Does. The the middle of the East is kind of wide open. And I, I think from four to six or seven, you could you can make an argument it's open. Um I, I've I've got Orlando as at the three or four seed. Okay. Um I, I am do similarly think, high on them. Yeah, I I do think they're a they're a legitimate point guard away. But you know, if they had a legitimate point guard, man. They'd be in the conversation for like conference finals. I really believe in that team and what they're doing down there, and they've got a great coach. But Toronto is not far behind them, and and probably is a better dip basketball team today. If I'm not projecting, you know, growth for like Aaron Gordon and John Isaac and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I I believe in Toronto. I believe in Toronto more than I believe in Miami. Well, let's let's put a pin in that, and then we'll talk about our predictions for the Eastern Conference in the next segment. You're listening to Locked On Heat. Remember to listen to and subscribe to new and archived episodes of Locked On Heat on Himalaya, as well as on Apple Podcasts. 
Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you're on iTunes, please leave a rating and review, especially if it's a good one. So let's get into it. Obviously, you're pretty high in Orlando, maybe a top four team in the East. You're higher in Toronto. Do you feel comfortable making predictions at this point, having not seen many games during the preseason and just going on gut instinct and, and what you've seen from these teams in the past? Yeah, pretty. I feel pretty solid about it. Um, you know, a lot of it's in flux. I mean, we know Bradley Beal's not getting moved now, so that's that's one thing off the table. But I do think Miami wants to make a move. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be shocked if Orlando makes a, tries to make a move, like I said, for a veteran point guard, um, just because I don't know if anyone can trust DJ Augustine to do what he did last year. No. We'll see. He was great last year. Can he do it again? If he does, then then you know the sky's the limit for that what, team. Was but he great? Was he great? He was, he was pretty good. He, okay. was, he was a he was an above average point guard for them. Okay. At which, by the way, he's a good, he's like a high quality backup. Oh yeah, no doubt. Starting so yeah. that's basically what it is. Is can they get a, a guy who is like you know a top twenty point guard? Well, they want Markel to be that guy. Uh, that's not going to happen this year. Maybe I don't. Maybe it does. You know it, it, what he what he brings uh, for them defensively. And as a playmaker, I think it's pretty huge. But but you know the shooting thing is is still an issue. So um, we'll see. I actually did predict that Markel would be the starter by the All Star game. That seems legitimate. I, I can yeah. see that. They're, they're high on him. They love his yeah. off season work, and they've all talked him up pretty high. So, but I yeah, I feel pretty comfortable. But there's so many question marks that, and and that's all baked in. Like the, the Pacers, does Oladipo come back, and is he Victor Oladipo right away? Or is it going to be, you know, kind of a, a process? Because I don't it, it between not having Oladipo and not having Thad Young, I don't know how much I buy this team being as good as last year's team. Thad Young was extremely important. Now Oladipo was out for most of the year. He was, um, but you don't have Boyan Bogdanovich anymore. That's true. Who carried on a lot of that playmaking load? Is Demonis Sabonis going to be able to do enough operating at the elbows? You know. Um, how how is Miles Turner going to work next to Sabonis? Uh, not only on the offensive end because we know he's going to space the floor a little more, but how about on the defensive end? Is Sabonis going to be able to guard some of these faster wing fours that we're seeing, you know, in in some of these smaller lineups? The one thing that I will say that's working in their advantage is so many of these teams that are that are actually competing got bigger, so they can play those two guys together and they don't have to worry a whole lot about about a mismatch with a smaller guy. Uh, that they have to guard, but uh, I worry about their playmaking. I think TJ Warren's going to be huge for them, but can they get enough out of the the Brogdon Lamb combo uh, to get other guys going? That that's a question mark. So I think that 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 four to seven or eight seed is is really wide open, and and Miami could slide right in there, but I think that they're one piece away, and it could be that Justice Winslow is that piece. You know, I I don't know. I'd like to see it, but he yeah. might be that guy. You know. The... <sighs> From what I've seen, it seems like he sacrificed some of his progression as a scorer in terms of developing more of his playmaking ability. Like the shot just has not been there. Again, it's preseason. We've only seen him for three games. It's not like we were going to expect him being this all-world type scorer. But the shot doesn't seem flat, which is good. I mean, if anything, there's progress in the fact that he hasn't completely dissolved as a shooter because it's been a work in progress over the course of his career. But his playmaking has been phenomenal. Again, that those 12 assists against the Orlando Magic last week were incredible. Some of those passes were LeBron-esque. And yeah. I know I might be I mean, overstating. He's clearly it. a point guard, man. Like, if you can, 
if I can tell you one thing for sure about Justice Winslow, he is for sure a point guard. He is a, a an initiator on offense. You cannot just stick him in the corner and, and expect him to to thrive. And, and that's what I like about Miami in general is that now with Whiteside gone, there are. I, I talked about this in one of my most recent pods. Out of the ten guys in the rotation, eight of them at least are playmakers, and, and that's from Dion Waiters to Goran Dragic to Jimmy to Justice to Olenek, Bam, etc. I mean. They, these guys can move the ball around, so the ball is not going to be held for too long. You're going to see some more, I think, fast-paced offense. You're going to see a lot more transition basketball, which we have not seen in Miami for three, four years. Not since the big three era, maybe. Um, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a drought in that regard. So I, that's why I personally am, am fairly high on Miami. I think they could potentially be the third or fourth best team. I, I think that's actually pretty high for them, maybe, but I, I think that's right around where they kind of seem to fit, in my opinion, because the other teams have so many bigger questions. And I'm not I'm not as concerned about Jimmy Butler's fit. From everything we've seen in the preseason, I think all the talk about what he was and other teams has been overstated a little bit. There's no doubt that he's a hard-ass and he's going to put people to the fire. But I think Miami has been a great place for him to kind of just show who he is and be accepted for who he is here, which is, I think, a big part of what made him so angry elsewhere. Yeah, but, uh, uh, he fits. he fits the culture. No doubt. No doubt. So you've got Philadelphia top in the Eastern Conference. Is that fair, or is it Milwaukee? Um, I got Philly or Milwaukee. I I, I don't know. It, it one A, a one B kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of it depends on how much Giannis is going to play. Like how how are they going to load manage him? Yeah. Um, Philly, you know, obviously the Embiid question mark is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, he's their best player. So, um, you know, but Philly defensively is just going to be a monster. Oh boy, can yeah. can they create shots? That's the big question for them. Uh, I love what uh, Matisse Tybal is bringing to the uh, table for them. I think he's going to be—he's going to have a massive rookie year, which is incredible you, to think. You, you would like Matisse Tybal, I think. Of course, right? yeah. He's, he's, he's a Danny Green guy. guy. He's a yeah. Danny Green like kind of guy. Yeah. I also, man, that guy smiles the entire time he's out there playing. That it's infectious. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm pumped about that. Obviously, Josh Richardson, but you oh. know, he's going to have to carry more of the playmaking load. You know, he's going to be expected to be the secondary guy, which, you know, I I was calling for in Miami for a couple Uh, of years. He was the primary guy in Miami, unfortunately. I didn't work out for him either. Well, yeah, I think he needed to be the secondary guy, right? Um, So I I think, uh, you know, they've got some question marks, but for the most part, the defense is going to really, like, put them in position to succeed. Uh, And I've already said I was high on Orlando. Um, Boston, I'm lower on than a lot of people. Uh, Their defense is going to be awful. They're going to be a fun team to watch, but their defense is going to be bad. So yeah. I think they're toward the bottom the bottom part of the, the conference as far as uh, playoff teams go. And Brooklyn, you know, they, they're not going to have KD. They're going to be fine. I think they're like the fifth seed or so. So Toronto's up there, obviously. No chance for Atlanta or Chicago as one of these sleeper teams. A lot of people are hoping they might um, sneak into the playoffs. Chicago has a better shot than Atlanta. Like, Atlanta's going to be bad. Yeah. They've got so many young guys that they're going to play. It's not um, easy. No, 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 no. And, and so they're going to be bad. They're going to be fun, but they're going to be bad. And, and Chicago, I think, actually has a chance to pick up, you know, quite a few wins because of how bad the bottom of the East is. And, and you know, I, I think that um, I, I think Boylan is not a bad coach. Really? If he, yeah. And if you judge the, how the players feel about him, um, 
A lot maybe more positively a, than I thought, to be honest. Yeah, maybe he's a good coach. We don't know yet, right? We were judging based on what he was trying to do, mm-hmm. but he was just trying to come in and change the culture a little bit. And I think having to do that midseason is really hard yeah. because of the microscope of the regular season. And mm-hmm. if he had had a camp, like if he was just the new coach right now, we would probably feel a lot better about Jim Boylan than a lot of people do, right? The zeitgeist is very much... Well, Boylan's this old school coach and blah, 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 blah. I just think that it's probably not true. And just, again, judging from hearing, talking to people around the league and hearing how his players have reacted to him and seeing how his players react to him. Um, like they were still awful at the end of last season, but they were less awful and they were much more fun to watch. And he seems to be committed to pushing the pace and, and you know, um, I think Zach Levine and, and Lowry Markinen are going to have big seasons i think kobe white's gonna be huge for them so they're the the one team i think actually has a shot at sneaking in at that eight seed i'd like to end the show after the mention of zeitgeist because i don't think anybody's ever dropped that term in the podcast before but i (laughs) I have to implore you to at least give something for my listeners something positive for them to to kind of look forward to as far as this heat team is concerned is jimmy butler a potential mvp candidate who's an all-star is anybody going to be able to push it what's the What's the positive outlook for this team? Because you've well, been a little down the most. Yeah, well, I, I think Jimmy Butler is going to be an all-star. Okay. And Jimmy Butler's great. Like he He's a top 15 player in the league. And when you have one of those guys, you've got a chance. Um, if if justice pans out and actually takes a little leap, like we get a little bit of a Siakam-type leap from Justice Winslow, where, where it's like, well, he was okay. Well, now he's really good. If we can get that, then this team is a top four seed. And if you could get something similar from Bam, well, then all of a sudden, now you're cooking. Now you're, you know, definitely second round of the playoffs, maybe a shot at the conference finals. So, you know, this, this stuff is all fluid, and, and we can't predict who is going to be better, to be honest with you. You got a bunch of young guys there that are going to be the linchpin of this team. And unless they're traded for other players, that you're going to rely on that internal development and growth to go from what they are now, which is bottom half of the playoffs to top half of the playoffs. And so, you know, hopefully that happens. I, I'm, I think Jimmy Butler is going to be good for those guys. Again, he's not coming into a place where there's no accountability already. And guys are just used to being able to do whatever they want. He's going into a place that it's almost, it's almost like Jimmy Butler would have designed the culture. Yeah. You know, you, you think that the guys on the heat would be upset if Jimmy Butler tried to beat them with like the G league guys. No, that that fits right into what they want there, that ultra competitive environment where everyone's held to the same standards. Um, I think if anything, you might see a guy like Bam Adebayo try to do that against Jimmy Butler, you know, uh, whereas in other places, Jimmy doesn't get that kind of, you know, the, the, the other guys aren't as fired up as Jimmy. I think in Miami, you're going to get a little bit more of that. He, he fits right in. I think it's going to be good. And, um, you know. I hope that they can just make it work and then give the ball to him at the end of the game and let him win it. That's like the ideal scenario. Make it work with him as part of the offense and then let Jimmy cook. That, that's, I think, what we can expect to see a lot of. I, I'm, I'm optimistic about Justice being able to coexist there. He was guarding Jimmy a lot during training camp, and I think there's another level for him to reach there where he can be a little bit more aggressive. And I think J- Jimmy is going to be a good factor in helping bring that out. But uh, 
I think this team's going to be a lot more fun than a lot of people expect to watch there. They're not going to just be grinded out basketball, which we've seen from this team over the last few years. So I'm a little bit more optimistic than most. Maybe it's because I'm being optimistic as I'm covering the team, but I'm glad to see that you can see at least something positive out of this group there. Thank you so much, Dave, for joining us and and for taking the time to help preview the uh, upcoming Heat season. Yeah, anytime, man. Thanks for having me. That's it for today. You can connect with me on Twitter using the hashtag AskLOHeat or email me at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. I'm David Ramil signing off and thanking you, as always, for your support. Yeah! Wrap it up, Dave. Um.